get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Alongside Tanner Hendrickson and Grant Francis, I'm Alex Ferrario. It is BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN as we head to our celebrity line now and welcome in our Cardinals insider of The Athletic. You can follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Be sure to be checking out all of her work on the Cardinals at The Athletic. She joins us now here on 101 ESPN. Katie, how are you? You guys, happy Monday um, from Baltimore, apparently. I honestly didn't know what day it was or what city, just that type of year, but or that time of year, but it should be a good one either way. Katie, did you uh, did you ever have those those Christmas wreath chain link things that you put up on your room when you were a kid and you kind of stripped one off every day, got closer to Christmas? Do you have one of those for the Cardinal season? <laughs> you know what? Honestly, no, although it may seem you know like we're just counting the days down. Um I'm not there yet. I, I still feel like there's, even though they're not mathematically eliminated, but they're pretty much eliminated. I still feel like there is, there's, there's some time in the next three weeks to figure out some things, to answer some questions uh, about what the Cardinals could do in the off season. So I'm trying to to focus on that because let's be honest, guys, it's a miserable season. But around November, like Thanksgiving time. We're all going to be like, is it spring training yet? Very true. Very. So what are some of those things, Katie, that you're still hoping to get answers for or look towards for the offseason with this team? I think it's all about individual performances, and we've talked about this before, but what the Cardinals can do in the next three weeks is maybe try to find an early jump start on some of the questions that they need answered. So Jordan Walker's development in right field is, I think, maybe their biggest thing to sort out. Um the defense, the the defensive improvement that he has made working alongside Willie McGee for the last two three months, I think has really been encouraging to the Cardinals. The defensive metrics on Jordan Walker at the end of the year are not going to show that he is uh, an above replacement level outfielder. Um, that's just kind of how it's going to be. The Cardinals don't care about that at this point right now. They will eventually, but right now their biggest thing is. Is he improving? And I think he's shown so much growth and so much improvement over the last two months that the Cardinals have been uh, able to kind of take a deep breath and say, okay, hey, this could work here. Because um, it wasn't pretty in the beginning. But I think the, the improvements Jordan's made in terms of that first step, uh, hitting the cutoff man, going back to the wall, those things are all super encouraging. And I think the Cardinals like to see even more of that over the next three weeks. Katie, one player that's really impressed me in its last – Two outings coming out of the bullpen here down the stretch is Matthew Libertor. I think his stuff looked great coming out of the pin. Is this something that could be where Libertor finds a new home going into 2024? Yeah, this is a great question. And if uh, Jordan Walker's development is uh, the number one thing I'm looking at, Matthew Libertor's potential as a high-leverage reliever is number two. Um, just because when we talk about Libby and what he needs to do to be successful, it all comes back to sustaining velocity, right? And sometimes the best way to sustain velocity is to just go out there for one, two innings and give it everything you have. Um, we've seen it in Cincinnati. He came out, was it 97? Good command over the curveball, was spotting the fastball. He looked good. Um, the Cardinals are going to need to find starting pitching, sure. And finding depth, especially internally, is going to be really important. But for Libby, 
I think he's looked really good as a, in the limited times we've seen him in a high leverage role. The Cardinals also will need that next season uh, with their bullpen. So why not try it? Uh, so far, so good. And I, I actually think that this could be a really good development for the Cardinals and for Libby, you know, in terms of if it doesn't work out as a starter, he will have this four-pitch arsenal, and he can hit a velo that stays upper 90s. Uh, and that could be an absolute game-changer for St. Louis next year if he does indeed stay in this relief role. Katie, as a follow-up to that, the pushback that I've seen from a lot of Cardinals fans is, well, he's too young to put him in the bullpen. He needs to be a starter and let it get worked out. Is it a failure for the Cardinals if Libertor becomes an every or for an entire season becomes a bullpen arm? I don't think so because, look, I know, guys, that we're we're really stuck on how much the Cardinals need starting pitching and for obvious reasons, but they really need high-leverage arms in the bullpen as well. Um, look, Libby, I think, has so much talent, and I totally understand the argument in terms of he's young, so why give up on him as a starter? I don't think the Cardinals are making any kind of decision uh, long-term on what his future will be over the next three weeks, but they are trying to see all of the options that they have with Libby. And if he ends up being a high-leverage guy that they can use in the 8th or the ninth, um, and you have someone that can complement Ryan Helsley and Giovanni Gallegos next year, I don't think that's a failure at all, uh, especially if Libby, if that's the role that he can be truly successful in. I'm not saying he can't be successful as a starter, but I think if you're just able to find a place for Libby next year consistently where you know what to expect out of him and the results continue to be good, I think that's a win regardless of what that role is. Katie, one one pitcher who's been struggling since the second half has been Miles Michaelis. Do the Cardinals have, I don't, I don't know if I want to call it concern with Michaelis because you know he's going to eat innings, but is it becoming clear to the Cardinals that they have to find two pitchers that will upgrade over Miles in the offseason, or was that always the plan? Yeah, that's a great point about Miles and his durability because I think that is a a, a, a trait that isn't maybe – because of how he's performed this year from a staff perspective, it's kind of taken for granted. But he has taken the ball. He has eaten a lot of innings. But he does need to be better, and he said as much uh, yesterday. I wouldn't say there is, like you said, concern, but I do think that the Cardinals are looking. To, if, if the Cardinals are having a successful offseason, Miles Michaelis is your number three or number four in the rotation last year, and that's always been their plan, regardless of how this season has gone for him. It's been frustrating. I know Miles is far from happy about it when you look at the win-loss record, the ERA. And it's been uh, a little difficult to understand because he is so effective with that arsenal. Weak contact, you know, he can generate swing and miss when he needs to, but by that is no, that's no means the, or by no means the name of his game. And I think with Miles, if, if he doesn't have all five pitches of that arsenal working, it's really easy for opposing hitters to guess what's next because he's so effective in the strike zone. He doesn't throw a lot of balls. He's going to pound the zone consistently. But all year long, I think the pitch is varied, but one of those pitches in that arsenal he has not had control over. And the lack of command and whatever pitch that is has made it easy for pitchers or for hitters to eliminate uh, the types of pitches that are coming in. And I think it's led to, to a big, big deficit in terms of what the Cardinals wanted to see with Miles holding down the ERA. So, yes. I do think the Cardinals are going to need to add two pitchers that rank above Miles, but I, I do think that's been their plan all along. How much do you think the defense has been a thing that has affected Miles this year? Because the defense wasn't great early on. He had Arnado having a down year. You mentioned Walker, who's been improving. How much of that factors into what we've seen from Miles this year? I'm not sure if it's one of the like top three factors. I'm sure it plays into a little bit, but the Cardinals have actually been a pretty good defensive club in the second half. 
I think for Miles, it's just, you know, a variety of things in terms of, of what's plaguing him. Look, he's always been a guy that gives up a lot of home runs. You know, his home run rate's high, but usually it's not too damaging because he doesn't have a lot of, he doesn't walk a lot of guys. He doesn't allow a lot of base runners. Um, but again, I think it comes down to being effective in the zone, and he just hasn't been effective to the degree that he or the Cardinals are satisfied with. Again, I think it goes back to opposing hitters being able to eliminate pitches coming out of that arsenal, being able to sit essentially on the pitches that they're expecting. Um, so Miles was, I think, very candid, very professional about his outing yesterday in terms of, you know, there's a lot of things that he has an idea of what's wrong. He doesn't want to speculate because, you know, he's pretty frustrated, but he has a pretty good idea of what he needs to fix. And if there's one thing the Cardinals are confident in Miles Michaels next year, it's that he will be able to take the ball for them every five days. They certainly don't anticipate a season like this next year from him. And, you know, I think when you look at the overall body of work Miles has had in his career, I think it's easy to be pretty confident about what he can do next year. Katie, uh, final one from me. When it comes to the other pitchers who have at least been trying out for that rotation next year, Zach Thompson, Dakota Hudson, both have been impressive uh, really since they've taken over one of the spots in the rotation. Is there any concern from you that maybe this success for them is going to put the Cardinals in a position that they overvalue these guys in terms of their rotation next year? They better not. Um, and look, this is no uh, no discredit to Dakota Hudson and Zach Thompson, who have been really effective in the second half since the trade deadline. Um, I think we're seeing a completely different Dakota Hudson. We're seeing Zach Thompson find some some confidence and he could maybe be a, a reliable rotation arm next year. But I think John Mozeliak was pretty clear uh, last month when he said this, no matter how the internal options end their year, they, the Cardinals still need three starters. And I think that's true. Even if Dakota Hudson and Zach Thompson finish the season uh, about as perfect as they can be, I don't think that will change the Cardinals philosophy in the off season. Uh, because if, if it does, that's essentially the exact same philosophy that plagued them this year. And if a season like this, a uh, historically bad season, one of the worst seasons uh, in the last, I don't know, three decades in St. Louis, if that doesn't change your philosophy or your perspective, I'm not sure if anything will. Uh, but I, I do think the Cardinals are very aware of the starting pitching that they need for next year. And I don't think how Dakota Hudson, Zach Thompson, Matthew Libertor, Drew Rom, any of those guys, finish their year, will change their offseason plans of getting three starters. At least it shouldn't. Well, one arm that the Cardinals will probably be connected to is Blake Snell. And it was reported over the weekend the Padres not expected to re-sign him, and they are expecting him to get somewhere in the $200 million range. Is that something that you think the Cardinals could target? We know Blake Snell's got great stuff, but he walks the world, and he doesn't go deep into games. Will they be willing to give him $200 million on a multi-year deal, Katie? I don't think so, and this is obviously when you think about Blake Snell, you're like, yeah, I want that arm in my rotation. I mean, he's one of the National League Cy Young candidates for a reason, but Blake Snell is going to set the market, and he's deserved so with the season that he's had. Um, for those those traits that you mentioned, though, Tanner, in terms of walk rate and not going deep into games and his price that he is going to uh, acquire, I think it would be really difficult for the Cardinals to go out and do that because they don't need just one guy. They need several so for me, it's hard to see the Cardinals going out and spending an unprecedented amount of money for this organization on one arm when they could use that same amount of money and get two, right? You were thinking about like a Sonny Gray and accompanying that with, with an Alex Cobb if he does become available or something like that. That I think is more realistic. I'm not ruling it out by, many, by any means, but I do think because of what Snell is going to cost and because he doesn't exactly profile to what the Cardinals are looking for, they would probably not overspend for him 
But I do think the Cardinals are going to be willing to spend a lot more than we've seen in years prior, just on a different name. And if I'm going to go out and if I'm going to target anyone, I think the, the name that makes the most logical fit is indeed Sunny Gray. She's Katie Wu. Follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Check out her work on The Athletic. She's got a piece out talking about Jordan Walker and right field and his growth this season. Katie, always appreciate the time, and we'll talk with you next Monday. You got it, guys. Thanks. Have hey, a good one. There you go. That's Katie Wu uh, here with us on BK and Ferrario.